Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is Steve Politti live from High Point Solutions Stadium for another edition of the Rebuilding Rutgers podcast. Here, as always, with road-weary beat writers Keith Sargent, Ryan Dunleavy. We're going to have a segment on our little trip to Penn State here at the end of this thing. Didn't we do road-weary, though, earlier in the year? Well, it's... Spoiler. It, it was a bad trip. It, it was, spoiler, spoiler alert. And I think this is the first time, I guess, we've been a tight team, a tight-knit group. We really get along well. This was almost the end of almost the end of this partnership in this car coming back from State College. Guess who's the odd man out on this road? There was a moment. I'm just gonna tease you. We're gonna get to this at the end. But there was a moment where Sarge and I were in the were in the car, and and I look at him and say, "Well, we could we could just start. We could back up and go and just leave Dunleavy in Drums, Pennsylvania. That's the name of the town we were in." I don't know how we got there, but we'll explain all that later. But let's talk some football first, obviously. Uh, not an outcome we were surprised at. 35-6 loss to Penn State. You know, again, this is a game that really could have been a lot different early on had they converted a couple of chances. But this is an offense that just it just can't score. Yeah, it's the same game. Yeah. And it's a much better game than last year's same game. Like, last year it was the same game every time they played a really good team. And by same game, it was an ass-kicking. And this year it's the same game, and it's this game that kind of feels like maybe at, maybe Rutgers could do this at halftime, and then in the second half you realize the other team's much better. Rutgers doesn't have enough depth. They make one or two huge mistakes that a punt, fake punt that doesn't work, a pass interference that leads to touchdown. The other team capitalizes, and Rutgers loses by 25 to 30 points or something. So that's pretty much what this game was in a nutshell. Right, and no yeah. margin of error either. I think Zero. that's the big thing. You, you have a 17-play drive, and you know, whatever it was, 15-play drive, and you get all the way down there. You know, if there's one mistake, that's it. That's exactly it. And you and, get three points, and yeah. Penn yep. State needs 90 seconds to get a touchdown. Right, exactly. And, and Chris Ash, uh, you know, we, we obviously pressed him on, on it after the game, and he talked about the wide receivers not being open, and then when they were open that the quarterback, Gio Rochino, wasn't able to actually connect on it. And really, you know, he, I think he pinned more of the blame on the wide receivers. I don't know if you guys got that. that, that, that I He's think. been much harder on the wide receivers yeah. post-game Saturday and today than he has been at any other point all season. But, uh, you know <laughs> – the the and that's why I asked the Hunter Hayek play where third down your you know goal, goal you know with uh, in, 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 within the ten yard line you know it was just a bad pass right. overthrown yep, that could have been a touchdown right and there you that's had the, on the quarterback that's the num- not on the wide receiver that is on the quarterback the numbers you had too were just. I mean, just striking stuff about yeah. where this is. This is, and this is going to be the next segment. I want to get right into the details on why this passing game is the way it is. But the but numbers are just. They went into the week averaging 127 yards. They threw for 43 this past week, so that now they're averaging 118 yards yeah. per game, and that's even counting Morgan State, which you know they padded their numbers a little bit in that game. So 118 yards per game they're a- averaging through the air. 
not since 1981. Dunleavy wasn't even born in 1981. <laughs> That's true. And I'm not making fun of Dunleavy. Wow. Jerry Kill was a sophomore in college in That's 1981. Not, uh, not since 1981 have they had a lower pa- passing uh, yards per game average. That was 107 yards in, in 1981. So it's we're talking a long, long time long since they've time had ago. a ba- passing offense this bad. You you mentioned just to tie that those two things together. You mentioned the third down play to Hunter Hayek. Politi mentioned how they have no margin for error. I didn't realize this live till I went back and watched the uh, game on TV. Uh, the second down pass wasn't actually deflected by the defensive lineman's arm when he jumped up. Geo threw it off his helmet, and that's how. Oh my gosh! It, he, yeah. When Hunter Hayek had a step, and and we're like, oh, that's gonna be a touchdown. Yep. Yep. Uh, and we're like, oh, it was knocked down. It was actually thrown off the defensive lineman's helmet. Oh boy! No margin for error. Like the guy didn't even make a play. You just an unlucky bounce cost you a touchdown and a field goal, and now you're losing. All right, let's let's dive into this because the three of us agree that this is the this is the area that's holding this program back under Chris Ash. They're better in measurable and, and leaps and bounds in, in a couple areas than they were last year, especially defensively. Uh, but this, and even the running game, they're better. They're better in almost every way. This is the one way they're not. If you, if you could, if I had to put a gun to your head, pinpoint one reason why the passing game's not where it is. What do you think it is? What's the biggest problem? I'm going to say coaching. And really? Yeah. And it's weird wow. for me to say that because again, but I, I, when, when you're talking about, you know, getting guys open, you know, it, it's a big field. Schematically, I think they could do more. And I did. I, I, I was like Dunleavy. I went back to watch. And it's hard. Uh, it's a little harder on the TV copy, on TV tape, to, to see just. But I, I'm going to say coaching. You got you to do more to get these guys, whether it's, you know, more drags or, you know, just, uh, again, they're, they're the guys who spent or are supposed to spend 16, 18 hours a day doing it. But I'm going to say coaching that, you know, we, we're week 10. I know Chris Ash talked about how a lot of these guys weren't in the spring camp. They had all training camp, 10 weeks. You know, these you know guys who are freshmen shouldn't be freshmen anymore. I mean, they, 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 they should be better. You should develop them better. I'm going to say coaching. Is it, off your point, uh, drags and stuff, You just uh, that slot fade that we talked about, that third down play to Hunter Hayek, that's the first time I've seen a I slot know. fade. I, I didn't even know that was in the yeah. playbook. Yeah. I haven't seen any slants, really. I haven't seen any ins i haven't seen any comebacks it's i don't even know what routes they're running because they're never open <laughs> so you so, think it, you think it's coaching too no i i would say it's co- probably some combination of confidence slash youth like i just mm-hmm. think they failed at it so for so long now that you know this is two years of just being a miserable offense right, right. that i i don't know if the players actually believe they can get open if they have the Ability, like the actual knowledge, college football knowledge, experience, confidence to actually do it. Right. Like, I think it's going to take mm-hmm. doing it to do it, and it's chicken and the egg, right? Like, when is it going to happen? I think right. it's some combination of the wide receivers don't haven't done it, so they don't know how to do it, and the quarterbacks haven't done it, so they don't know how to do it. So, like, how do you break through? Even against Morgan State, they didn't really pass the ball. <laughs> and that, that's, that's fascinating because I was, I, was, <laughs> I was going to say it's the quarterback stupid. But then I'm looking back. I'm actually looking at the game notes. Jimmy Gill's fine game notes, as always, before this, uh, this game. And you, you just remember that. Chris Lav- Laviano, who no one's going to remind of it being Dan Marino. The last time they played in the end, the, the two teams combined for 1,233 yards. Rucker scored 55 points and came back from 25 points down with this explosive passing attack. It was, is it at, as, Indiana. at Indiana. At Indiana. Yeah, Indiana. At Indiana. Is it, is it as simple as... 
I mean, really, they, this team just does not have any playmakers. Could I mean, and this this is, I keep on coming back to this, that I say it a thousand times, that this program produced how many NFL wide receivers? I'm not sure there's one even good college receiver at this point. I know they're young, but certainly a lot of young guys are playing across college football. Why is there not one guy on this team who's a reliable target? I, I still understand I, that. I think it's a trust thing. I just don't, I like confidence, trust. Yep. I just don't think that they trust these guys to do it. That team had Leontay Carew. There is no, he had three right. touchdowns. They had Absolutely. Yep. And but Robert, one good Martin, offense Robert Martin has two career <laughs> three touchdown games against Indiana. Yeah, against great. Indiana. I know. He's two and three times he scored. So, so does that, that mean too. he's going to get three touchdowns this game? Rutgers just don't have the uh, trust to give him the ball that many times, yeah. I guess. So right. Yeah. And I don't know if it's coaching or, you know, if you want to pin it on the quarterback. But the issue is, Chris Ash has brought in, what, four quarterbacks now? Mm-hmm. Two grad transfers, and his own guys. And he's still playing a Kyle Flood recruit who has yes, zero offers. And that's no knock against Gio, who we all think is a winner. And you can, you know, do some things with him. But I don't know if right. you could pass the ball. When, when, no. you, when it's a minute 13 left in a half, and you have relatively good field position at the 35-yard line, and yep. you're down by 14-6, and you can't throw the ball. That's it's a lack of confidence. It's, it's it is a lack of confidence, but you know you're 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 making it too simple. I mean, it if Geo throws a, thir- a 25-yard pa- pass and gets intercepted, Penn State's still not in scoring position. Yeah. You know, it's a minute 13 left. You have two timeouts. Have totally agree. That's a major, major issue. And, and you, you may, and you bring up the, the geo thing, and that this is the, and this goes right to the next thing we wanted to talk about. Um, you know, I don't think he's certainly not the long-term solution at quarterback. I think we've just seen it. He's he misses. He's he is a winner. We get he's won three games. I give him a lot of credit. Doesn't turn the ball over, but we, I think he's missing targets, missing open, open guys. I think he's not seeing open guys, and I don't think he's very accurate. So he's a senior now going in. You you. The, like, the question, year left. Year left. That's what I mean. Going into next year. My, 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 my problem is now, Jonathan Lewis, you've burned his red shirt. He, he has not played. He was hurt with a high ankle sprain. And I asked Chris Ash today about it. You know, do you have to see this kid for extended periods so you have a better idea of what you've got in your freshman quarterback? His answer was no. We're trying to win these two games, which I understand. But if that's the case, and if he doesn't play, well, then we're going, in, we're going into 2008. 19 with the same problem we came or 2018 with the same problem we had in this year. We don't know who the quarterback is. Yeah. I mean, I, it, again, I, you, you're asking the wrong person because I've been banging the drum all, all year that he needs to play more. And even this past week, I mean, I, I, I he, Chris Ash talked about how once they fell behind, it became a passing game and they don't trust Jonathan Lewis to, to throw the ball, mm-hmm. essentially what he said, which is the problem. Well, what about in the first half where you're, where, where you're you know, down in the red zone and you're, you're looking? That, that wasn't that what Jonathan Lewis was doing? You know, earlier, earlier in the year. So my point is, yes, it's going to be an issue. We're going to be talking about it during the off season. We're going to be talking about it in the spring. We're going to be talking about it in training camp. Why Jonathan Lewis didn't play more? You're going to go into a pivotal year three with a quarterback who does not have any experience. I want to add two things here. One, I think Chris Ash would rather do anything. I think he'd rather have dinner with the three of us than talk <laughs> about injuries. And I think Jonathan Lewis is more injured than anybody's letting on. He, I mean, you just, I'm not letting out state secrets here. If you watched him in warm-ups before the game, he's still walking gingerly on mm-hmm. his on his ankle. I think part of it is they're afraid of him having some sort of catastrophic aggravation of a minor injury that, you know, then therefore limits him January, December, January, February, March. So I think that's... Part of it, Chris Ashton going to tell you injuries. that he's yeah. Chris Ashton going to tell you that he's really injured, but I think he might be. Um, 
And then the second thing is, I would not start. I know you might. I would not start Geo again. I'm excuse me. I would not start Lewis against Indiana. I'm on the Chris Ash train of you have to win these two games up until you lose one of the games. If you lose the Indiana, I would play Jonathan Lewis the entire game against Michigan State. Get your <laughs> get your answer. But if you beat Indiana, <laughs> I would rather no, no, play. No, nope, you're play, absolutely right. I'm play Geo. I don't care if you don't. Worrying about what you have in 2018 is 2018's problem. You play to win the two games until you lose one of them. Totally agree. Start Geo. But that being said, when you're throwing for 43 yards and your offense is not doing – I mean, you're moving the ball effectively, so, but you need to do a game-changing play. Play Jonathan Lewis. Right. So I'll ask you two. If he's healthy. Do you play Kyle Bowen? I mean, we saw Kyle Bowen. He can pass. I mean, no, I done. said it after the game. I, we've I, moved I, on I with Kyle Bowen. So you don't want to see Kyle Bowen. Like yeah, he, that, 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 that their best back chance the of barn. a passing offense is Kyle Bowen. If that's what we all really want to see, right. he's when you're down 14 in the third quarter, do you put him in? Because he's your best chance to pass the ball. Interesting. I mean, I think once you once you moved on past him, you've just moved on. No, but yeah. I think Ryan's right. If it becomes a passing game, who gives you the best opportunity it's to, him. to throw the ball? It's probably him. Right. But either way, I mean, so I, if you were to, hypothetically speaking, Rutgers is down. 28 yeah. no, I, I, four I, minutes left in the third quarter against Indiana. You're the coach. Would you put? I said that with, with one thirteen no, left. No, I'm and staying and with you. Uh, okay. People were ripping me uh, for, uh, including you guys. People with a you. minute thirteen left, I would have thrown in uh, Kyle Flood. Minute thirteen left in the Kyle Flood. Kyle Flood. Oh, oh boy, Freudian slip. Whoa, <laughs> sound the alarm. Throw Kyle Flood. You're going to throw him some places in High Point Solution Stadium. There might be security that's going to be coming. All right, that'll cancel the podcast. Let's move on to true or false before we get back to that. Uh, as always, I'm going to give you a statement. You're going to tell me if it's true or false. We'll discuss things at the end. All right. Uh, number one, true or false, the fake punt against Penn State was a good call. Yes. False. It's true. True. Okay. False. Uh, I say yes on a test. It is Rutgers, a number two, Rutgers will be able to run the ball for 200 yards against Indiana. True. 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 The 11 point line, and this is 11 points. Indiana's favored by 11 points. That is much too high. Much too high. True. True. Where would you put it? I thought it was going to be like four and a half. Yeah. Oh. I, I did Sarge say 10. ten so. I did say 10. I'm surprised I would, you I would say true. a touchdown. But after thinking about it, I agree with you. Uh, so right. I'll say. Coaching is the number one problem with the wide receivers. True or false? True. False. Jay Neiman is the most undercredited person in this football program. Defensive quarterback Jay Neiman. True or false? True. True, and I feel pretty strongly about it. Yeah, we'll discuss that. Uh, Janarian Grant is becoming a liability. True or false? A liability, false. A non-factor, true. I agree with that. I'll I'll say false. All right, the percentage chance that Rutgers can make a bowl is 50%. True or false? False. Is 20% true or false? Probably false. Probably false. Yeah. Is less than 5% true or false? False. I'll give them between 5 and 20. <laughs> no, not less, but that's all I say false, yeah. but probably 10%. Yeah. Uh, a 13-0 Wisconsin team is not going to make the national playoff. True or false? False. National item? Uh, you better say true. You've been saying it all day. <laughs> I've been saying true because basically it boils down to if Oklahoma wins out and they're going to take it, uh, either Clemson or Miami – if Georgia beats Alabama and Alabama's unbeaten in the SEC championship game, they're taking both Georgia, obviously, because they won the SEC championship, and they're taking Alabama. So, it, it, true. So, I mean, true. At what true or false? True or false? This is real At, at what point, though, is, is beating Alabama <laughs> – if they beat Alabama? At what point is that, if like, Alabama, if they beat UConn women's basketball? Like, true, you don't beat Alabama. True or false? Basketball – the basketball team is – 
Much better than last year. False. Wow. They're better, but not much better. Okay. And then finally, true or false, Dunleavy gets whiny when he's hungry. True or false? True. How oh many boy. true – how emphatically oh can gosh. I go with on a true? Oh, on that's that? just a little teaser. I mean, that's not really the only time I get whiny. That's, a little, that's just a little teaser for later. Do you want to talk about Jay Neiman? And you, or, or? I do. I, I asked a couple guys about him, Wilkins and Joseph, today. They both said he deserves a lot of credit for this defensive turnaround. I think – we, I mean, and, you know, Chris Ash is a defensive coach who said many times that he's pretty hands-off with the offense. He spends most of his time on mm-hmm. defense. So I think we tend to give him a lot of credit. The media, the fans, the public give him a lot of credit. And then you, when players make plays, like Kai Hester or whatever, we give them a lot of credit. And I think the g- guy who gets squeezed in the middle there is Jay yep, Neiman. Yep. And he is calling the plays. Everybody I ask, Jay Neiman is calling the plays. Chris Ashton is, uh-huh. isn't calling it. It's not some, like, you know uh, – King of Eng- uh, Prince of England job yeah. where you're just a you know a placeholder. No, Jay Neiman is doing it, and uh, I think the defense is so vastly improved. Mm-hmm. Uh, and doing with, with, I've been reluctant to call write this in print, but I'll say it on here: a no-name defense is yeah. really what yeah. they have. Uh, I think Neiman is probably getting the least credit of anybody who's doing a good job. All right, let's go through this. You said there was. What, less than 5% chance of bull? Or, no, because yeah. this is the 5 and 7 thing, we've discussed this ad nauseum. Yes. You have more clarity on that. You looked at the numbers again, and I it's do. not happening. Yeah, I mean, basically, you have 19 spots. You have 58 teams qualified. Uh, you basically have about 19 uh, spots. Um, there's 20 teams at five wins. Mm-hmm. Not all those 20 teams are going are, are gonna to get there, but then you have another 25 teams that are in the same boat as Rutgers at four, four wins. And more important, so basically, the, I would – say that the the odds are there's going to be enough teams that are qualified. They're, they're going to right. fill all the bowl spots, so you won't even be talking about 5-7. and seven. So even if they were 5-7, and seven, right now there's there's 11 teams ahead of them in the APR no, forget, yeah. at 5-7. You know, and seven. So Thanks, Ruck, you'd have to have 11 <laughs> spots available. And again, really, the, as simple as a guess, I don't think they're going to beat Michigan State. Yeah. I think they could very well beat Indiana, and we'll talk about that later, but I don't think they're going to beat Michigan State. All right, so let's go straight to the fan base that we pissed off this week. And a combination of that is also the angry tweets that go together usually. And here we go, a familiar song. This, who could have possibly seen this coming? That we would go to State College and Dunleavy would piss people off. I, mean, I would never have imagined that would be the case, right? It's a good song. It's growing on me. The Penn State fight things are growing on me. All right, so... Just to set the scene, we've, we've sat here in the stadium and we've looked out at High Point Solutions Stadium, which has 54,000 seats, and there's been roughly 22,000 people in the stadium, and we've, we've, ripped the, we've ripped it. So Dunleavy is sitting in the stadium. He looks out at Beaver Stadium, which has 107,000 seats, and there were some, there were some empty seats. And, and this there were some empty sections. This is what Dunleavy tweets. He tweets out, lots of seats to be had in the state college today. Two losses and people are saying no thanks. That gets retweeted by someone at the at a, at a Penn State paper, yeah. and and this is going to come as a big surprise. It says hashtag PSU on it. So. <laughs> come as a big surprise. So, so you got destroyed. Basically, the, the sections that were open, and this was that kickoff because by the middle of the second quarter, it was completely full. But yeah, the were sections that were open were the were the student. Sections, right? Yeah, and the middle, the middle tier, the middle. Oh. This is, the, but they're in like a club suite where people are but probably I didn't getting. Know that? Did you know that? Where they have their? Club I kind of figured it because that's where the mezzanine level. But mm-hmm. either way, 
So the sections that were open were skewed. They, they, they have 40,000 students go to these games. 30,000 students go to these games. Rutgers has trouble getting 10. Uh, and don't we rip Rutgers? It's not like no, I'm patting Rutgers on the back. No, but the point is you're looking at the sections that you know, have students that for a 12 o'clock game, they might have some exams. Who knows what's going on with the students? Come to the it game. was they're out, they're out drinking. completely packed. Like... Ten minutes before the game, completely packed. They were they were doing like chants. It, it was an amazing atmosphere. No, it wasn't. It, it was wasn't. a very good atmosphere. I will not. say, it was the crowd was a little dead. I wouldn't call it amazing. We've seen much better, but there, it was certainly not a bad crowd. I mean, it was. I mean, anybody who shows was, up to uh, that. I mean, stadium. we were all there two years ago. It was a much better atmosphere, and it was a night game, but it was a much better atmosphere two years ago than it was. It was a whiteout. We had Brett Kavargist on Twitter say. Butker's beat reporter, comma, you know a lot about empty seats. That was the one I laughed yeah. at. I chuckled. You got, you got a, you got got a meaner a, one? I got a couple, yeah. I'll save, one of the, I'll save the meanest one for last. <laughs> so this is a playoff my Saquon Barkley. Where would he fit in the mm-hmm. crowded Rutgers backfield? We're, fami- we're familiar with that. At, yeah. at the focused tweeted, I just don't know where Ryan fits in this crowded bleacher seat. Wow. Okay. That's, okay. that's, that's a little obtuse, but I like it. Okay. Um, then we have Ben Feller, over a hundred, over a hundred and seven thousand people at the game. This guy clearly doesn't know the difference between attendance and announced attendance. But yeah, over a hundred seven thousand people at the game. The hell you talking about? No, oh, I like that one. Yeah, All right. I think that was Sarge's favorite. Yeah. Uh, and then hands down the meanest would be at Bevraz, B E V R A Z, my man. Do something about that oily forehead. <laughs> That is just, uh, I love it. That's All right, you got a mean I, tweet got, too, yeah, right? Because what happened, Sarge? The gift that keeps on giving is E.J. Barthol. Who didn't even talk about yeah, that? Who, well, yeah. set, the, set the stage for that one because that was that was some great uh, so, find your I let the first two go. We, I think both of us like, let so the first two go. Tell people who E.J. Barthol yeah. is. E.J. Yeah. Barthol was a former Rutgers recruiting court. And letter winner. Letter winner, played at Rutgers in early 2000s under Greg Ciano. He was a recruiting coordinator for about a year during, you know, it, you know, presiding over an office that literally uh, was uh, <laughs> violated NCAA got, rules. Got the school got on, Rutgers probation, on, on probation. Yes. Um, he was cleared by the NCAA. I have to uh, note that. But, you know, he, you know, he has uh, basically he's middle, not celebrating yeah. his yeah. tenure, no. you, know, uh, you know, as a Rutgers fan. So now he's at Penn State. There was some controversy around, uh, around that. But now he's at Penn State doing the same stuff, you know, ironically still doing stuff on social media. So earlier in the week, you know, James Franklin really is as PC as a guest when it comes to, like, giving credit to the other team. Not E.J. Barthel, because he is literally firing off tweets, making fun of, saying, chop Rutgers, using their old yeah. mantra under Kyle Flood, Graciano, which they haven't used under Chris Ash. Uh, so he's firing those off. We ignored those, because really it's, yeah, you know. But then he, he, he finally... Um, it, the, he, he we really might be more Jersey than you trolled uh, oh. Rutgers. It was a definition of a troll that, you know, saying that Penn state might be more Jersey than, 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 than Rutgers. Um, couldn't ignore that fired up a story, 350 words. I knew it was going to, you know, uh, people were going to talk about it. People were already talking about it. Um, I don't have the level of Dunleavy, uh, mean tweets. I mean, I, you know, I kind of, I do have one of those buckers, like you're so soft buckers type, type thing. Someone said, you know, talked about roster. They're confusing a different reporter. That's Dunleavy's thing. But, you know, J- I would say probably the best one was uh, Jason uh, 
you know, at jcoff55, uh, who cares? Former employer is irrelevant, which is true, just like this article. No. That also might be true. There you go. That yeah. also Zing. might be true. It doesn't mean that, you know, it, you know in this day, yeah, like, we're going to write that story. I'm sorry. We ignored <coughs> the first two. Uh, two. You know, it, it was a story. And this yeah. is uh, this is a great transition to the story of our trip home from Penske. Because when you sure. say we are, we are we are more Jersey than you. You aren't. You're, you aren't, because all you have to do is go there. <laughs> so let me just set the stage. All right, we're, we're done working at what, like 4.45, we finish our stories. I make what I th- think it seems to be like a good decision as the driver of the car. Hey, let's get in the car. Let's get on I-80. Let's just put some miles behind us, and then we can eat someplace along the way. Correct. That makes sense, right? Stop at 6, 6.30, have a meal on the road. And I wasn't that hungry. I mean, right. I had eaten a, right. a good breakfast did. at the hotel. Right. I did and, not. And, because, and, the and only and because... They had food in the press box, right? Right. Only I because Dunleavy cannot eat anything. He couldn't eat breakfast. He could not eat the lunch that they provided us at the stadium, which was a fish sandwich. It wasn't bad. It was anyway. Chicken Marcella at 9.30 a.m. Who fish wants sandwich. that? Oh, okay. So we're in the car. Pasta salad, rice. 9.30. Dunleavy's in the backseat. Put out some pancakes. He's hungry. He's unhappy. We're on I-80. You didn't eat the pancakes at the hotel, by the there way. There were no pancakes. There were you waffles. Get, yeah. You get outside. You get on I-80. Sarge's shotgun. Dunleavy's in the back. You get outside, a little bit outside of State College, and all of a sudden... It, we, we, it was like we were driving on the surface of Mars. And I, I swear, I, I looked out the window and I saw Matt Damon harvesting potatoes to eat. <laughs> and it, you know what I'm talking That's a movie reference that Dunleavy yeah, clearly have gotten. I'm yeah, happy about I that. It, I got it. So we're driving for a while. And you know those blue signs that say, oh, he, oh here's a restaurant. Well, there's no blue signs because there's no restaurants. Because so it ain't Jersey. Dunleavy, so Dunleavy gets out his phone and he plugs in f- restaurants near me. And there's an Applebee's. And the Applebee's is four miles. Miles off the interstate, so we're so, he's so hungry and miserable, and it's clear that we're not going to be able to go another two hours without this. So we get off, we get off the interstate, we drive four miles all the way. You would have thought it was forty miles to the apple to the Applebee's, and we get Who to the Applebee's, right? and it's like it is the it is the uh, like it's like a like a Soviet era f- bread line at the Applebee's. <laughs> there, there, there are people waiting outside, banging on the windows. The place is over. This Applebee's is overrun. It's it's as if there's no restaurants within 45 miles because there are no restaurants within 45 miles of the Applebee's. Well, there was you one. Thought, there was a restaurant within 45. Yeah, there was one. Perkins right, right. next door. And, that, and they had a 25-minute The last wait. person under the age of 83 to eat at Perkins, it was 1997. And that place <laughs> and was we overrun. Tried. And we, we actually tried. We, tried. So we went in the Perkins. The hostess said five-minute wait. Two minutes later, and somebody else walks in. The wait's up to half an hour. <laughs> we yeah. just, like, he's lying to one of us. <laughs> we get back in the car, drive four miles. No, we go to seats. We, get, tried, to we go try, to tried to go to gas station. Can get food there. <laughs> get back on. Get back on the interstate. And now we have Dunleavy and and Sarge are calling restaurants along the way. And like friendly to get off the highway. Of course, I'm not going to do that again. We can't just keep stopping so the friendlies. Friendlies has a 20 minute wait. I mean, every restaurant we we called Olive Garden, and predictably, you were like, "This is the five star restaurant (laughs) of this part of Western Pennsylvania." You couldn't have gotten into the Central. 90 minute wait. 90 minute wait at Olive Garden. I mean, I can go to the Olive Garden anytime I want in New Jersey. People are like, "You're eating here." Like, there's 20 restaurants around. 20 Italian restaurants at a walking distance. That are better than so that. finally, a blue signs on the interstate, and in this little in the little thing it says Evans Roadhouse it, it, off this exit, and I said, well, let's give this I'm, new sponsor of the <laughs> Rebuilding Records <laughs> podcast. Evans Maybe this is a 
chain restaurant I had not been familiar with. I don't know, Evans Roadhouse. So we call it, any any have, have tables available? Of course, sure. Yeah, there's pl- places empty. Oh, great. Okay. So we go to Evans Roadhouse. It looks like we're in, it's in Drums, Pennsylvania. Drums. It looks like the, like a fishing shack you would see in the edge of some lake. It's this, this, like, this dilapidated building. It was quaint. We go in there. Delivia at this point is so hungry. I thought he was going to move there and become a chef at Evans Roadhouse, <laughs> the way he eat, ate, ate, the, to- ate oh. the nachos. Well, and, and the moral of the story is, folks, this is not New Jersey. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, really, this, yeah. that, that's, that's not a, it's not a good drive. I mean, you knew it was bad when we got there, and like literally, you sit down, you, put, you take your jacket off. Dunleavy was ordering the food. Like, as soon as <laughs> she was like, can I get you in. some waters? I was like, yeah, and 12 wings. Yeah. <laughs> that's exactly the way it happened. The food was actually pretty good. There was a, yeah. a fireplace. Was I was paying for it later. Yeah, I paid for it later. Pay for it later. Yeah. All right. Yeah. There's a story. Which of our leads road trip. us to Anything this else? week's road trip, which I have been left off. Well, oh, yes. And Indianapolis is a good road town, as, as it is. people good will know. St. Elmo's. Got a little St. Elmo's reservations. Oakley Bistro on Friday night. The yep. Levy's not going. Now Sarge you guys I... know where to find them and harass them while I'm at home. <laughs> Go Finally, to one of those places. Come, come visit us at Oakley's Bistro on Friday night. All right. There's our road trip story. Predictions. Hey, Indiana. Another good segue. This has been a good transitional show. Another good segue. Indiana, the key game on the schedule here. Uh, what do you think? Who's going to win and why? Go ahead, Sarge. I think they're going to win. Nostradamus. Yeah, I, I, I think they're going to win. Wow. And I think they're going to go back to the game plan uh, you know, from two weeks ago. What may, may, makes them successful It's going to run the ball. And I think Dunleavy kind of nailed it with Robert Martin, guy who's had some success. I think Gus Edwards is going to run. I think you're going to talk about a game plan that's going to have, you know, heavy dose of run. Um Go back to you know keep it simple, and I think they're gonna win. I think they're twenty-one seventeen. Oh, all right, interesting. Dunleavy. I can't catch Sarge in the standings, so I'm gonna just pick what I think is gonna happen. That's probably what we should be doing in the first place. But yeah, okay. rather than pick yeah, opposite. We're just Sarge. trying to on our imaginary rivalry here. And uh, I think they're gonna win too. Really? I really do. I don't care that they're an eleven point underdog. I actually Chris Ash pretty much laughed in my face when I asked him if they used that as motivation. <laughs> well when I asked him the, it's not the first time he's done that. No, but I really believe this team has and let's not call it what it is. That wasn't a crazy question because Chris Ash comes in his post game press conferences after every win and says, No one thinks we could have won this game. So let's not pretend he's not he doesn't use it because yeah, he does. He, he just does. doesn't want to admit he uses yeah, right. it. Every but coach, you don't come in the Illinois does. press every conference coach does, and right. yes. Um so, yeah, I, I think they've kind of rallied around the nobody th- believes in us. Obviously, nobody believes in them this week except Sarge and me, maybe you. Um, same kind of thing. I think they're going to be able to run the ball. Um, Indiana doesn't run the ball. It's a very interesting game because Indiana is a pass attack. Rutgers. They have two quarterbacks who basically yeah. have the same – yeah. Stats. I mean, yeah, that, well, that's what Purdue. Richard had, Legault too. is going to start, according to uh, what I've seen on Twitter today. So. Yeah, that's what Purdue had too. Two quarterbacks with very similar stats. That didn't work very well against Rutgers. Yeah. Um, so I just, I kind of think Rutgers will do what they do. They'll eat up the clock. Purdue's last, uh, excuse me, Indiana's last in the Big Ten in time of possession. That plays right into Rutgers' hands. Mm-hmm. The longer they can chew up the clock, the better. So I think Rutgers will probably run the ball, run out the clock, win twenty-eight. 21, it's very so. interesting because the winner of this game gets to play in a do or die, you know, yep, uh, for, for ball. The losers home for the holidays. Yeah. It's, it's, a fa- it's really a, it's an interesting game. I'll raise my scores. I think it'll be more high scoring, 35-28. Wow, I think his offense go thirty. Okay, I'm going to go the other direction. I just think that uh, the, the the problem here is when they when they've beat when they've beaten 
uh, Illinois and they beat Maryland. They beat teams with equal talent. I think Indiana has more talent. They came into the season with more talent. Uh, I think they've got better skill positions. They're going to score. They're going to score a lot of points. They're going to throw the ball. They're going to move the ball. Um, you know, I just think this is one of these games where Rutgers is going to struggle to keep up for all the reasons we've outlined here. They just do not have a margin of error. They don't have a passing game still. If you couldn't pass it against Maryland, you're not going to be able to pass it against anybody in the conference. So Indiana is, is, is another a team that they're going to struggle with that. You know, I see this is going to be like, a, you know, a high-scoring kind of 37-28 uh, victory for the Hoosiers of Indiana. There you go. Any other grievances you want to air before we're done? No. No. Little plug, little plug for Evans well, Roadhouse. Yeah, no, Evans, I mean if they're not, you know, you don't want to just lining up trying to, to to that place. Yeah, that place right now is. If, is... You're, if you're in Trump's Pennsylvania, you cannot <laughs> go anywhere other than than Evans. Anybody I'm trying to get a free anybody who's listening and goes to Evans Roadhouse, like next time they're in Pennsylvania, please tweet at us. Like, next time you're in Drums, Pennsylvania, lady, we won't be there for another two years, and the three of us have resolved to get better jobs before then. Okay, <laughs> logging off from the Rebuilding Rutgers podcast. On that note, thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. <laughs>